episode of Force Proximity. We have a special holiday episode, a wallflower Christmas. And if it's a Lisa Kleypas novel, you know Petra's going to be on. So we are joined by Petra Orloff. Thank you for coming again, Petra. Thanks for having me, as usual. So we have the wallflower Christmas, but we do have our trivia. And I think you both... I don't know. Should we do like a lightning round? No, we'll do it as a team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you two will, because I have the answers. Oh, <laughs> and you yeah. probably know more about this book, Jonathan, than I do. So it's probably going to be. You yeah, two. you should probably be doing this. No, I have the answers, so it's not. I know. So it's a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, who's my favorite author. And I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I've read Great Expectations twice, but I like Nicholas Nickleby better. I do, too. Great Expectations is a little bit more bleak. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then the the film adaptation with Ethan Hawke was just... Mm. It was in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the... no, no, but it was in the bayou, wasn't it? No. The redemption for it is it takes place in my two homes in Florida and New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's the Bayou, that's its own thing. That's not America. That is its like very high quality literary cinematic value. No, it's Florida. I th- okay. But it's like, <laughs> is it North Florida or the yes. swampy areas of yes. Florida? That's also yep. its own thing. The The nature coast. Okay. I thought there was something Spanish mossy about that adaptation, but yeah, I don't really remember it seeing it very well. Especially Mrs. Havish Miss Havisham's no, never Mrs. Havisham. Miss Havisham's house. Yeah. Okay. I like her. I, I know too. I bought I bought her all the Miss Havisham jewelry. What from yeah. I don't Alexis uh Vitar. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize she had a Havisham line. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I'll have to look at it. It's really, it's really great. It's like subtly encrusted with like spikes and jewels. Oh, it's like you wouldn't notice it looking at it on a person, but like as the wearer, you notice like right. it's a little bit harsh. Angry beauty. Bit, yes. Yeah. I like that. I like angry yeah. beauty. Yeah, that's the only like real jewelry I wear. I don't How really be- wear. It. Other than that, it's just my silicone wedding ring because I hate jewelry. But me too. I love that stuff. My like Fitbit, jewelry my... is my life. <laughs> <laughs> it it looks good on delicate people, and you're like, and not that you're delicate, but you have like, you know, you're thin, you're live, you have a long neck. Like I feel like jewelry is like just a great little embellishment for your body. It's like for me, it's like putting rims on a hoopty. It's just not. <laughs> That's not true. It has been a long time since I've heard the term hoopty, but I appreciate it. So much. <laughs> uh, that's my sister's term. Like she had a friend who like she was just a train wreck, but she always had her nails did. Nice. And, uh, nice. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I think. I hope these questions get harder as it goes. Oh, before I go on, I don't like A Tale of Two Cities. 
I cannot read that book and not fall asleep. <laughs> oh. It's had some good adaptations though. Yeah. I know nothing. I know nothing. I have no contribution. Well, it was the best times is the worst times were. Yeah, I read that in ninth <laughs> grade, and that's the only Dickens I've ever read. And then when I substitute taught for middle school, I read aloud the first chapter of A Christmas Carol to all of the to all of the classes. So I just reread chapter one seven times in a row, basically. That is a hard read aloud. It, it is. is hard. It's hard. Not easy. And I, I do the voices and it sucks because I don't have a British accent. And <laughs> just set it in Florida. Just set it in Florida. Or just do Scrooge. <laughs> well, that wasn't on the middle school curriculum. Yeah. All right. Question one. Which of the spirits does not speak to Scrooge? Future. Correct. The ghost uh, of Christmas yet to come. Am I just yell? Are we just yelling shit out as we hear? Just it? yell it out. I think it? that's okay. the best way. I, think I don't have a bell, way. so I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What? What? I'm going to change this question a little bit because to make it so I like it. What do the Marley brothers drag as a, as a result of their sinful lives? Ding. I change it. Yeah. Chains. Heavy chains forged from lockboxes. And I change it to the Marley brothers for the better, the best adaptation, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, you did change it. I didn't even <laughs> notice you changed it. We're Marley and Marley. It's our painted black. That's my favorite Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, why does Scrooge like the darkness? Dang. It's cheaper. Oh, oh I didn't. Uh, no, you're didn't. right. I agree with her. It's cheaper. It, it's correct. It costs less money. Who appears on Scrooge's door knocker? Ding. Marley. Yeah. Yep. Who is in the grave at Stave Four? Ding. In a Chris. Scrooge. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so competitive. <laughs> I'm just gonna back. I gotta back off. Sidebar. <laughs> before we move on, if we had a trivia team, what would the name of the team be? The three of us? Yeah. Hmm. This is the thing I'm supposed to ding in and say the correct answer? No, it's a sidebar. Okay. We're taking a break. It's intermission. Oh. Force oh, okay. proximity plus one. No, I feel like we would need a new trope entirely. Yeah. Thruple. <laughs> <laughs> we could just be a thruple. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, Ding. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your answer, Jonathan? I don't know. It would have to be something related to romance and something uncomfortable. Like some kind of play on words. Why are we uncomfortable? Because I feel quite comfortable with you. No, like, oh, no, that's, like when that's the rest of the my... team's. <laughs> That's for my benefit, no. probably. <laughs> when, 
not uncomfortable, but like something, I don't know, something South Park would come up with. Just come up with two geniuses would come up with quick. <laughs> I'm not good with names. Yeah, I'd have to write some down. It Next time like you're a on. name Russian situation that no one wants to listen to. Next time you're on, we'll all but have. But that would be good if it was like if we were a spy novel podcast. Well, we're not. Right. Slash. Not yet. Maybe in the future. Yeah. Here's a tough question. What year was the Christmas Carol written? Ding. 1843. 170, what, eight years ago? Well, I guess that wasn't that tough. <laughs> I was going to guess 1843. So, okay, so that. I would not have known that. That sort of leads into our um, our book a little bit. Not that we're going to go there right now, but. um but uh, a Christmas Carol features in A Wallflower's Christmas. It, that's yeah. um, and it does it does say that they um, that it was published two years ago. So I guess I, I didn't see 1845 anywhere, but I knew no, the book uh, says that it begins. I'm looking right now. Book. Oh, the book says London 1845 right under at the, the first chapter. Oh, OK. So it had been out for a few years. It underwent, gosh, I want to say like 40 some editions, like within the first year, like a ridiculous amount of of changing. Wait, um, a, a Wallflower Christmas? Year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. A Christmas oh, Carol. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when novels were sort of new novels on this level, weren't they? They were. Yeah, this was a this was a novella, and it was published yeah. all as one. It wasn't a, uh, you know, it didn't come piecemeal as, as or serialized as many of his mm-hmm. his previous works had done. I think it's also worth noting. Oh God, I'm God, such a fucking nerd. It's self published. You're here to be our nerd, Petra. Okay. All right, all right. As long as it's welcome, he self published this one. Okay. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? It is. It I think so. All right. How is Fred related to Scrooge? Ding. Nephew? Yes. Is it his his brother's son or his sister's son? Sisters. Sisters. Yep. What's her name? I don't know. Fan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> why? Why? I feel does... like that is that is the name of 1843. Yeah. Fan, Fanny. Yeah. Like that's just that's just the name I picture for this time period. Why does Belle end her engagement to Scrooge? Besides, the Beast captured her. What's uh, happening? This is some kind of mashup question. <laughs> I made that last part up, obviously. So why does why Belle, does Bell dump Scrooge? Why does she? What? Because he doesn't ask her to marry him, right? Because he's consumed by greed. Oh, no, he does. They're engaged. Oh, right? yeah, I but thought, I thought he was engaged. hesitant. I thought That's, he was hesitant. 
but, she um, end the engagement. No, that's that. I think that is off the screen. We don't ever see him ask her. Okay. Um, but we're supposed. I think we're supposed to like acknowledge that they are engaged. They have some kind of arrangement. Um, and that's why it was it was important that she said, you know, I release you. Because that mean that means that they they had to have some kind of understanding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A, a formal arrangement. Mm-hmm. So I just took that to to mean that you know their engagement happened off the off the page. I think you're I you're when he was still a young man and yes. he wasn't. Yeah, I mean so he was a different person the then. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good for you. What did they say in the Pirates of Caribbean? I release you from your human bonds. <laughs> uh, I love that part. That part is so gut wrenching to yeah, me. Yeah, that she she's so like selfless that she she knows that he'll marry her and no one will be happy, but she, in doing that, is will also never be happy. Because she wants this man that she had for this fleeting amount of time. And he's already not hers. Mm -hmm. How, like, progressive and ahead of his time was he that a woman made a decision for her own mental health? Very much so. But, you know, I think he was at the forefront of a lot of things. I mean, you know... He, uh, well, he was at the forefront of of almost every sort of social uh, discussion that one could really? imagine having at, in the time. Yeah. I like to say that's why he's my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lie. It's because in actuality, the, that's just a nice benefit. It is. Well, as you know, as I get older and I brought in my uh viewpoint on the world that that does add in but the part in nicholas nickleby well that's just a great revenge story even if it's subtle when he takes the the riding crop from the guy and beats the shit out of him that was he used to beat the shit out of the little kids that was that's the, my favorite part of that book right <laughs> well i like no. that too <laughs> subtle revenge is good revenge yeah. It's underrated. All right. Let's skip down. Okay. Wow. Who inherits Bob Cratchit's shirt? What? Little that, Tim. No, Peter. Oh. That's obscure. That's dumb. That is, that is odd. <laughs> No one's that's, even. That's a bad question. It is. No one's uh, thinking about that. They had, to right, make it him, goes, they had to make him hard. Yeah, but he goes from who inherits Bob Cratchit's shirt, oh, who the fuck knows, to who <laughs> says God bless us everyone. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like the easiest question. Well, who said it? Little Tim. little one. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Uh. Christmas has done me good and will do me good. 
who says these popular lines? Scrooge? Mm-mm. Cratchit? Fred. Mm. Oh, time, Fred. The first time we yeah. meet Fred? That's right. That's mm. right. Fred, when he first appears. And he says, bah humbug. I think that's the first time we yeah, hear that, too. Yeah, yeah. He's a good character. He is. And wasn't it? It was uh, Colin Firth in the Jim Carrey version of a Christmas. Yeah, Day. Colin Firth will always be Fred to me. <laughs> Sweet man. <laughs> Sweet happy side man. note. Side note. Another side note. At work, I got called a Grinch by one of my coworkers. Because they asked if we can do line dancing on one of the days. And I said, absolutely not. And then another day, it was like luau day. And like, I know you're all bah humbug, but do you want one of these lathes? I was like, yeah, that's fine. But it's one of those things. I'm really bad about this. A lot of people are. The next day, I didn't even realize I was until I was I wasn't realizing I was insulted to the next day. Yeah, like, no, I'm not a Grinch. I'm not bah humbug. We're not doing Christmas. Hey, stuff, English I love teacher. Christmas. Hey, English teacher. Do you think you can teach a Christmas carol on on one of your curriculum days? Can you just destroy everything you have planned? Right. And do exactly. What I think you should do with your career. Hey, music teacher, can you teach everybody this song? Because I think you should be doing this with your time. I mean, if yeah, those discussions are to be had, they're to be had, you know, like way back a year yeah. ago, you know. And I don't yeah. like country music. Exactly. <laughs> we all Nobody know there's more than music. music. There's like hip hop, line dancing. I know, but that's not, I don't know what they meant. But anyway. It was my outside day anyway, so I couldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> they can do uh, line dancing in their classrooms. Yeah. Two more. Okay. Uh, wow. How many copies of A Christmas Carol have been sold in the United States to the nearest million? That's the actual Ever? Question. That's yeah. crazy. It's never been out of print. It, that that number is enormous. Two million copies. That's it. That's that, what? That can't be. It must be. But it must be more than that. It's never been out of print anywhere in the world. Well, it's well, in the United States. Yeah, but still, I mean, two million is not a lot. Country. I don't no. think so. Not at all. I expected it to be like 20 million. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm oh. always shocked by the number of books that that are not sold. Because I, to me, A Christmas Carol is something everyone has on their bookshelf. But then I remember n- not everyone reads. <laughs> yeah, but I think we have like, I think we have You're like right. three or four copies of The Christmas Carol. Yeah. You've contributed <laughs> significantly to that two million. <laughs> Uh, how many words are there in A Christmas Carol? What? Yeah. Who counts words except for the idiots who don't know how to write. 60,000. 30,000. Hmm? 
30,000. That's crazy. The original okay. Christmas Carol only had 66 pages. Yeah, you know why? And you novella. know why it's only 30,000? Well, that's the original. Like, over time, has it evolved to incorporate more words? Yes. Because I feel like it's 60,000 words size long. However, Jonathan and I were just discussing this. I have this problem with the fact that romance novels are written like the contemporary ones, which I I get why people don't read those and read historicals instead exclusively. Um, Something happens for half a page and then they, they think about it for 10 more pages. And then another thing happens, you know, for a span of a hundred to 200 words. And then they think about it again for 10 more pages. And so, like, that's how they get these just enormous word counts. And it's just like, he kissed her. She thinks about it for a chapter. He lifted his arm. She thinks about it for two pages. Good Lord. And, you know, Dickens doesn't do that. It's like, it's jam-packed full of things happening. So maybe that's a, you know, if he had written this like a, you know, romance novel. It would have been 150,000 words. Perhaps. <laughs> it's like, um, do you guys, do you guys have any, have we talked about this? I feel like we've talked about this before. Do you have any experience with the uh, soap passions? No. Remember that soap? Mm-mm. Oh, I've, no. God, remember how soap, I mean, when soaps, you've seen, I mean, you've watched soaps. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's just say like days of our lives. Like I, I used to have to watch that and I had a great aunt who watched it and you know, like that's usually would, how small people end up watching them. Right. <laughs> and it, it moved so slowly though. Like that you'd be stuck on the same scene for, for, you know, a couple days. Right. Maybe Oh. in passions, it would be three weeks on the same scene. Oh, it was my God. notoriously laborious notoriously <laughs> laborious and it was it was just insane it was so fucking maddening but i used to tune in and be just like angry and then i'd have to tune in the next day i'd be angry like like maybe one more word was said it was horrible it was horrible but would you have to tune in because you needed to know or just you would have to tune in because you were watching your great aunt no, for passions, it was just because I could not tear my eyes away from the, the slow, laborious train wreck. And okay. then every once in a while, weird shit would happen, like a hellhole would open, like a portal to hell would open in the middle of the kitchen floor. You know, <laughs> and a demon would come out. That was, kid you not, this show was fucking fantastic. It was fantastic. It was like Goethe, like on Coke. <laughs> I would, I would watch that. I think that I wish I had an experience with that. I watched, uh, <laughs> I hate watched The Bachelorette the other day. Oh, yes, you and, did. And I just, like, I see all these romance people and they're like, on, you know, whatever day it airs, on Mondays, we watch The Bachelor. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm watching The Bachelor. And this is a few years ago. And I started it and I was like, this is awful. This is unwatchable. <laughs> I how told you how that. do people do this? And then I, I, I was diligent and I went back the next week and I was like, just no, <laughs> I cannot yeah. do this. This is, and it's not even that. 
like you can't hate watch it because nothing is entertaining about it. Like I don't give a crap who wins. Like and it just it makes me so in, watching the Bachelorette this time. It just made me so angry that all of these viewers think that this could possibly be real. And I don't know. And then I get sanctimonious and I don't want to get sanctimonious, but it's like, it's just so, I feel like, like, oh, this is what it's like to be a neurotypical person. Like you say lies and you, you believe them. People no. believe their own stupid lies. <laughs> That's not true. And then, the, <laughs> and then the, the other people, the people that you say these lies to, they also believe them because they want to believe them. And I'm like, this is like, this is what it's like to yeah. be like in normal, normal land. What bothers me the most is that anyone would subject themselves to being what, what, how many people do they start with? Like 40 or some shit? Like 30, 20, I don't, I don't know. know, whatever. Well, that's because like, they're I'm all trying to, to get famous. Like, I'm going to line up with 20 people so some drunk douche can be like, you look okay. You know, like, it just, it's so strange to me that anyone would would put themselves in that position. I, I feel like I'm worth much more than than that particular scenario yeah. to begin with, let alone go through with the whole, the whole thing of it and then wonder why it doesn't work out in the end. Yeah. Idiot. This one episode I watched was towards the end and there were three men left who all look exactly the same. And right. they're all, they're all, it was the episode where they're all like, I think I'm falling in love with her. Oh, and, love. and it's just so hard to watch your girlfriend go out on a date with somebody else. That's what, she's not your girlfriend and she doesn't love you. It's why she's dating all these others, where she's dating and fucking all these other men. Yeah. I it's just, disgusting. I mean, maybe, maybe I would watch it if it was, if the whole setup was be like, I'm going to fuck 20 guys and whoever's best in bed right gets the next time that seems and much then, more interesting to me because we know yes. we're, we're already at the base of it we're at the root of its evil let's I start i feel like evil. Yeah. just yeah. like just rip that curtain down yep and then it would be good it's the lying that i have a problem with right, and right. like and the acting and the the being in love and, and the contrived romance <sighs> so disgusting yeah I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll get some good lines, like figure out how the normal people talk. And I'm like, no, no, these no I can't write this crap. Normal. Well, that's not normal people. You're right, Pedro. All right. I think we're done with the trivia. <laughs> Sorry. You, let's move on to the book. Okay. I have, I have no uh, synopsis. Okay, well, let's tell tell the good people what this book is about. It's the fifth installment. And is it an afterthought? Do you know, Petra? Is it a what? Is it an afterthought? Or is it just like, I'm going to go back into this world and create a, you know, holiday romance? Oh, I, I think it was just, I, I need a holiday romance to sell, and a lot of people like the wallflowers. Okay. That's what it felt like. It but felt I like was, that too, with everyone getting their own little time alone with their partner, right? Yeah. Yeah, but 
it worked in that really, you know, adorably cheesy way. I thought that that something only that the, only something like that could work. Um, so we have a new wallflower, an honorary wallflower in this right. installment, and her name is Hannah. Something. We don't ever really find that out, do we, Hannah? Appleton, I think. Oh, that's right, Miss Appleton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that that last name gets gets forgotten pretty much immediately. Right, right. Everyone's yeah. like, "Can I just call you by your first name?" Right. At and Daisy Appleton. <laughs> Fanny Appleton. <laughs> but this Hannah. And she is this put upon, you know, professional companion of her cousin, her rich cousin. She's part of the poor Appletons. And she has she's lucky enough to become, you know, uh, what's her name? Tinsley something. It's uh, uh, Victoria. No, no. Katerina. Never Katerina. That would be far too, far too beautiful of a name. Natalie? Natalie. Natalie. Well, I mean, also kind of Russian. That's Natalia. Yes. <laughs> um, so she is, uh, Hannah's lucky enough to have this job where she can maybe meet a man and have some, you know, prospects to marry. Because she has no dowry, her family's poor, blah, blah, blah. And they don't harp on that too much. I Probably more than I just, like, no more than I just said. No, um, they don't. And the wallflowers who are meeting for tea one day, tea and conversation, where they right. just throw the children upstairs in the nursery because they're crying. Right, right. And I, <laughs> I just, you know, I have to say that the girlish get-togethers that Clapus <sighs> writes about they they just make me want to vomit am i just yeah. a, am i a horrible girl they make me want to vomit i don't want to sit around with my friends and and repair sewing right aren't they working on like a a tree skirt tree skirt yeah, yeah they're they're skirt. sewing a tree skirt and that's right drinking tea and eating their cookies and i just can't think of anything that that sounds more horrifying than that scenario to me yeah i i'm the same way reading about it and then my book club comes over for wine and conversation and well i'm usually pretty quiet towards the end when i've had enough of it but but, but that's a little like, different. The same thing. But yeah, the way it's written, it's just like these are grown-up dolls, exactly. and all they're capable exactly. of is sewing their, embroidering their crap. Which, and then all of them are just delightfully incompetent at these things, anyway. Yep. So yep. it's like they have it both ways. They're so unskilled, and yet they do these things constantly. Get some skills. You can at least be good at your embroidery. Right. The, I mean, that's the thing that we never hear mentioned about any of the women in these books, really, that they have any other skill aside from their own physical attributes. Yes. Her freckles were adorable. Her slender boyish figure was adorable. Her breasts are adorable. 
like <laughs> I just and to, and to continuously call women adorable, it grosses me out too. Yeah. Like when a when a man looks at me, th- he he can think at some point that I'm adorable, but I don't want that to be the very first thing that he thinks of because that just reminds me of just it's a very like incestual word to me. You know, yeah. and it just it it you know, I I don't like the connotations. Adorable is for little girls. These are grown women. You know, let's stop playing doll and you know, having tea parties. And let's have some real women sitting down and having an experience. And, you know, it's not just it's like women across romance. It's not just, you know, Lisa Kleypas. It's not just historicals. No, it's no. all women in romance. And then and I understand why readers are fed up by it. Like readers, readers will be like, I'm five foot ten. I am not you know, this diminutive little package that can be thrown around and Giantess. complimented <laughs> on my tiny feet and his hands can span my waist. Like <laughs> you are like you're like reading my novel word for word right now. <laughs> oh, I'm such a cunt. Yeah. No, I write that. Stuff. I think there's I I think there is beauty in that, but I also I know that there's not much else. And when there is much else, it seems like so in your face. I am going to write this unadorable creature. And she is not attractive at all. It's like they go too far. There's no middle. There's no normal. But who wants? I mean, the romance is a fantasy. Who wants to read about normal people anyway? But, yeah, um, I mean, I, I think I, I like a mix of both. You know, I want there to be some realism to the fantasy because then it draws me in deeper and I get more emotionally committed to, to the piece. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think what we're finding is that romances don't just romance the the love relationship, but they're romancing the friendships as well. Right. These are yeah. not real friendships. You know, the Annabelle, the beautiful, the 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 like the supermodel of the group. Listen, when Annabelle leaves the room, out come the fucking knives. Right. <laughs> and, and the women are. Oh, God, did you see like her hair? Oh, I think she's gained some pounds. I know. Oh, you know, like, oh, did she have to wear a dress that was so low cut? Aren't we all sick of looking at her breasts? Like, yeah, that's yeah. what would happen when Annabelle left the room. But, you know, Annabelle leaves the room and the wallflowers, they're like, oh, my God, like, she's just so delightful and perfect. And isn't it just wonderful to have to to sit in the glow of somebody who's of such physical perfection that she (laughs) I couldn't imagine anywhere I would rather be than in her shadow because it's so pleasant. And it's like, you know, no, the knives would be drawn and the women would be shoving them into her back. I I agree. And I feel like so jaded reading this and it's not the love part because i don't know what men think really like that's what that's what i'm here for uh what's uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. sees, <laughs> rafe, <laughs> rafe sees hannah for the first time and he is smitten and she is wearing this paper bag dress and she is plain and her hair is a mess and she's just, you know, she's there for tea. 
But because she says that thing that stands up to him, he is just in love. And right. to me, that's plausible. <laughs> that that is how men fall in love. And I won't like I won't listen. To right. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to hear anything else. That's how it happens. That's how it goes down. <laughs> but these these damn women and their tea. That right. is so wrong. <laughs> so ridiculously unrealistic. <laughs> How dare they well, I I don't think Petra ever has heard us beginning stories. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think our audience has either. Let's hear so, it. I want to hear how, why did you fall in love? At what point did you know? And what was she doing? Well, in love, I don't know. The first, I do know, but that's not the point. Well, no, I don't know because I can't pinpoint that. You took a long time to say you loved me. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I know. <laughs> she Han Solo'd me. She did. I did. Because, and it was true. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like, I know. You just didn't want to say it. It was pretty obvious. You guys are. Yeah, I was scared. Oh. <laughs> Why were you scared? I don't know. Uh, we spent every day together for six months. I know because I I I don't know. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna say, and she's gonna be like, uh, I don't love you. So I did you never. really think at that moment that she didn't? Mm, I don't know. I really didn't know. Megan's did hard to read. That's true. That's true. I can see that. <laughs> but did you um? I mean, did it just come out spontaneously? Like, uh, oh, God, shit, what the yeah. fuck did I just say? Or was it like, I, I really need to... to no, it wasn't... me down, I have to tell her. It wasn't spontaneous. It was, I built, I, like... It was like, all right, now's the time. It, like, I'd been ready to tell her, but... it. I mean, at the moment, it was spontaneous. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I trust her now. I'll say it. Oh, thank you. I like that. That is nice. I mean, but trust is scary, too. And maybe that's where some of that fear comes from. But the first time I saw her. Uh Uh-oh. I was. uh, Back in, was it like 11 years ago now? Mm -hmm. 12 years ago? I would serve in the altar at the Greek Orthodox Church as an acolyte. And you guys met at church? Oh, we did. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Yes, we did. <laughs> no, no. This is the first time I saw her. Not the first time we met. Well, okay. The first time I saw her, I was in the back of the church, like, doing God stuff. And doing there was God another. Work. Listen to him. I was doing God's <laughs> work in the back of the cathedral. <laughs> there was another guy. His name was Joseph. And he was, uh, what do you think Joe is? Like five years younger than me? Six years younger than me? Probably. Somewhere around there. So I'm like 23, 24 at the time. So he's probably still a teenager almost. Yeah. And I elbow him. I said, you see the rack on her? (gasps) (laughs) 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 But that's spontaneous. But it worked out. He has quite the figure. (laughs) You have quite the figure. Megan. I mean, I think I said that about you a few times when I saw your picture. I was like, damn. 
Look at look at that lady. Mm, thank you. And not in a knives out kind of way either. No, I know. No, we <laughs> met at the festival, the Greek festival. I'm sure you've been to one. No, no. And I saw you before. No. And I yeah, saw you in your true. like Cuban shirt smoking cigars with other douchey looking guys. And I was like, what a douche. <laughs> It wasn't other. What a rack! No, it wasn't other douchey-looking guys. It was one guy, one of my best friends, Ali, who lives in Dearborn now. He's an amazing person and not a douche (laughs) at all. And neither is Jonathan. I just that was my first. That was my first. And it wasn't just that. It wasn't just like how you're dressed and what you were doing. It's that we were at this party. Like it, we have okay. So church parties in the Greek church are not like Bible studies. They're like let's all like break up into their let's break up into you know everyone in their twenties and thirties gets together and everyone gets drunk. So it was a church party called a Perea, and so it was at Perea night at your mom's house, and I was like, oh God, I don't want to be here. This is awful, and. We were the only people in our 20s that went to that church because everyone was old or everyone was in their 30s and already had a family. Um, and and like you wouldn't talk to me. It's like he's involved in church. I'm the choir director for the church. Like, Why would we not talk to each other? And I was so mad that you wouldn't even like say hello to me. You would just like walk by me with your cigar and Jonathan, why didn't you talk to her? Were you nervous? Were you just like trying to be cool and douchey? I don't think he even noticed that I was there, honestly. No, and he noticed. He no <laughs> he he had to have noticed because he right? Am I right, Jonathan? You noticed. She tells this story, and I'm I promise you she's probably not fibbing. I don't remember this. Yeah, I was like sitting down at a table. I don't remember. I was sitting down at a table talking to other people and just like, you know, being a wallflower <laughs> because that's what I do at parties. Like, you know, I'm a wallflower. I just want to like not yeah. be talked to and just sit there, give me something to drink, put me in the coolest corner. And, uh, and like, well, I think you just walked by and I saw I, you. And I'm like, I can what? tell you why <laughs> I can tell you why it was like that because I just got an out of a relationship where I was the side piece. Mm. Wow. So I wasn't really That does happy. say something about Jonathan, mm. though, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, nice. It's not terrible. And then, um, yeah, and then well, we had our church festival, and Jonathan was bartending. And yeah, uh, that's I, where like, we everyone met was. That. Yeah, and everyone was, like, pushing me to meet this other guy. So I got, like, you know kind of dolled up and then they're like oh you have to work outside taking tickets in the 90 degree 90 oh. percent florida humidity right right and i was like Ugh. So i was like sweating and like, dripping and gross and um and i had gotten a beer from jonathan earlier and i was like whatever it's this guy that doesn't talk to me and i always worked the bar at the festival because it was one for you one for me Nice. <laughs> the church bar. Um, and then and I Ali was there outside. too. Yeah. Ali was also there. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I don't remember him. I just, I don't look at people. I'm just like, okay, two, two men, twenties, similar to my age. Don't notice them. Just look down. Cause that's my way of dealing with things. And so, then I went outside and I was busy and he well, rolled up and he told me out. I did. I, I didn't even ask her. I told her. Huh. So it was that day. It was that day at this this uh-huh. festival. Nice. And and you just said you were going out. Well, my friend Ali and I had. We used to go. We would go around and say, "Hey, white girl," because we're both brown. <laughs> so I said, "Hey, white girl, what are you doing?" I said, "I, I, I didn't hear I, that part. I I really did go to my other friend's art show who had. A lot of pieces out at a bar selling them and i can't i said i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go watch the football game at the bar that's and something was- megan wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> well i did want to be told out though yeah that's nice that's a nice move i like that power move jonathan mm-hmm. that's a great um, meet cute yeah i like that I mean, that's it, real. That's real people talking, Megan. Right? I know. But and see, the thing like I was I had no idea he was romantically interested in me. And I was like. I was like Harry from when Harry met Sally. I was like, huh, a guy friend. OK. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. Men are men are people, too. Like that. I can be friends with a guy and maybe I can like be honest and not like try to be cute and try to be coy and not try to catch them with these skills that I do not have. So <laughs> I will just be completely honest from here on out. And it totally worked. And it worked. And yep. I was like, well, this is the key to dating. Honesty. Right. Authentic personality. Yes. <laughs> Ten, years Ten years later. Ten years of one little man later. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Well, I like that. Yeah. I like um I've never been told out. So that seems interesting. My that grandfather, was- that's how my grandparents met. Yeah. Yeah, he told her out. He said, "We're going to you're going to the football game with me on Friday night." Another football high school. game. <laughs> it was in high school. Look at that. Yep. But he, uh, she was like the new girl in town in 1930 something. And, uh, and she, uh, and all the guys wanted her and, and he, uh, he told her out and she ended up with him. Something to be said for that. And that other guy ended up coming back to ask you out. And it was too he late. did. He was like, oh, I thought we were gonna, I was like, I have a date. Sorry. But he didn't. He didn't lock anything down. No. Nope. Right. And he he asked you. He didn't tell you. He didn't even ask. He didn't. Me. Even, he didn't even ask you. He just assumed. It was like, uh, yeah, I might be back tomorrow. I find this very interesting, Jonathan, considering some of the complaints you've had about our our presumptive male heroes. I. <laughs> wait, what? I didn't get her drunk. No. And I no, didn't take did advantage not. of her drunkness. But you com- you've complained about men being a bit overbearing. When? 
you well i mean aside from the getting her drunk well she got herself drunk in that book um but you did not like his overbearingness in other parts of their relationship either mm-hmm. maybe it hit over- a little too close to home yeah i was i'm not overbearing i just made my intentions known that's true i will say that you're never overbearing <laughs> oh i didn't think it I'm- was I'm I guess overbearing is the anything. wrong word. I think yeah. I should say forceful directness. Yeah. And and if the more you know me, that the more out of character you know that is. Well, I mean, but you had to do something for this this woman of your dreams. I had to. Yeah, and you had to have done something drastic because I would have had no clue. Because now that I realize, like, I get everything wrong, I'm like, oh, I've been asked out a lot. Yeah, and I I didn't realize that was what was happening. It's just we were made for each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I think that's probably one of the reasons you were drawn to each other. Yeah. I mean, you you did the right thing, and she heard the right thing, and that's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and that's how it happened. Because you were you. Yeah. And she was and on, she. Mm-hmm. And our first date, I knew it was I knew I had the green light. Because oh when she got up to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I, I purposely watch for this. It's like, if she turns away, it's done. If she turns towards me, we're good to go. Not this is only totally did she a turn, romance book, No, too. not only did she turn towards me, she boob grazed me. Oh, you're sitting that close. <laughs> I can't help it. They well, stick I out. Mean, she, I mean, yes. I don't think I've boob grazed anyone ever. I think, they, I mean, <laughs> yeah, never. Mine stick out real, real far. And I was like thin then. And like, they were the same size. So like, they just, I am a pea. How lucky. They're, they just stick out. And I, but I did do that. I did turn to you on purpose. Boob graze is not really, I swear. See, I'm I'm the like, truth pixie. Like, you tr- did. I can't you, lie. I don't understand the the physical dynamics. Like, are you sitting on opposing side of the table? We're at a bar. No, no we're no, at a bar. We were at sitting bar. next to each other at a oh. bar. Oh, yeah. that's quite different. That's quite different. Yeah, we were on swivel I, chairs yeah. next to a bar. I went to turn the other way, and I was like, no, all the dating books call me closed off and bitchy and cold because I <laughs> keep myself to my own space. Love it. And then I'm like, why does nobody flirt with me? I don't ever. Flirting is not something that I'm capable of. So, yeah. So I was like, I feel like I should turn towards him because that would be the polite thing to do. I love how all of this like is in your mind, like in one split second. This is all just like the synapses are just like like firing and shit's right in there. And yeah, that's fantastic. And I had the knowledge to know a turn towards me. (laughs) <laughs> is the sign that she is interested. What books do you people read? I've never. Well, the, I can tell you the book I read that I learned that is called The Game. And it's a dating book for guys. Oh, I hmm. bought it. I read it and I passed it on to another young buck for him to read it. <laughs> and I hope he passed it on to somebody That's else. Another young buck. <laughs> <laughs> now. 99% of that shit in there don't do but like the body language <laughs> stuff do that like read into that 
Mine like, was just, I'm going to like, I'm going to try to be more outgoing and be, you know, how act, how, you know, act less closed off. So. Yeah. Well, and for the listeners, I do not condone the book anymore. <laughs> In my twenties, it was different. Mm-hmm. It's I don't really know what deep. this book it's is a, about. It's like, like they tell you to peacock and like all this other shit. But oh, they tell oh, yeah, you to, they tell you to told people out too. That's what they tell you to do. No, they don't. They they did. Oh, maybe they did. I don't they, know. That was just I think me. That was just you. That was just me going for it. Peacocking. Mm, I don't peacock. That's a peacock no. move. That is a peacock move. Well. Well, but then my, during our my, date, which wasn't, I didn't know I was going out on a date. I didn't know it was a date. And so he, he was, uh, we went to, we went to the bar, he ordered food, I ordered an iced tea, and he talked the whole time. And I was like, well, this is great. I don't have to talk. <laughs> it was not awkward at all. I was like, this is going to be a great friend. I don't have to talk to him. But he was talking, telling me about football, and I was like, oh, okay, there's definitely no romantic interest. I am comfortable Aww. with that. And, he was and sharing he was sharing a, a passion of his with you. I know, True. and I, I That's listened. That's happening. I appreciated it <laughs> as a friend. And uh, so I thought we were developing a friendship, and I was very grateful for that. Well, you were. You were developing but he a had, friendship. With with yeah. greater with with something <laughs> extra, yeah, that's nice. I like I like things that start as friendships. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're super off track, <laughs> it's Christmas. It's a it's a Christmas episode. This is a fun episode for pretty much inviting everyone into our home at this point. Mm-hmm. And we for sure, I don't know how we'll do this. When Petra's book, when we do her book, mm-hmm. that has to be live with her, not Skype. Yes, so I, I'll she, have to. I have to be there. Either she comes to us. I would rather go to her because oh, we've yeah. been talking about Ali so much. Now I miss him. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Go see <laughs> we could so, do it here. You guys are more we'll than have, welcome. I have plenty of space, even for children's. We'll have to figure. And it out. And I have a cool that. house for kids too. So cool. Do you yeah. have crigly well, stairs? It's full, of, it's full of cats, which it's, Hank it is. Love. It's full of cats, but it's also full of secret places and passages and oh my you gosh, know, that is secret cabinets home. and and things like that. Yeah. Like panels and walls that are cabinetry and panels and ceilings that open up into other rooms. And yeah. All right. Wow. So we are taking a trip to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. So let's get back before to Before she book. gets famous. We have to book her before she gets famous. Before no, either of you yeah. get famous. She's on her rise. You'll, but, yeah, but you'll also be famous. So it'll. You guys will like rise to fame together. I so that's the plan. It'll never change. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. And then I can retire early. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I can open up my barbell gym. Can at some yeah. point the three of us wear matching tracksuits and live in an RV when we're retired? Yes. Well, I the tracksuits. If we're going to be I a throuple. I got to be in a house. I can't okay. do RV. All right. But still tracksuits with our names? Yeah. We can and travel numbers. in an RV. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. I'm number 11, just so everyone knows that. <laughs> number one twice. Uh, all right. Oh, I'm no peacock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number zero. People, you kids are picking that now. Like some of the it. best players, some of the best players on teams are number zero now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's annoying. I hate it. I was a it's double zero once. Really? Were you? Yeah, because the the numbers corresponded with the size of the uniform. And double <laughs> zero was extra, extra small. Yeah, they used to do that. They don't do that anymore. Do you remember that? Yeah. So that's yeah. why I was a damn double zero. Yeah. Like, great. Thank you. That's really, because that's weird. Isn't it? It is weird. But now the, like, I can't, like, for football players... What a lot of high school teams do, captains get single digits because it doesn't matter what number you are in high school. Mm-hmm. And the kids love the single digits because it looks the jerseys are tight, so it looks it looks sleek. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't do I that anymore. I just don't like but. numbers. So zero in my thinking is the opposite of a number. Is oh, like I love numbers. The lack of numbers. <sighs> All right. Let's get on track. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Character analysis, the heroine. What do we think about Hannah Butterfield? What is her name? Appleton. Appleton. <laughs> <laughs> that I needs think... to be a thing. You need to call her a different name every time. <laughs> I like Hannah. I don't mind her. Do There's too. nothing about her that I found like uh, annoying or anything. But um, yeah. what I didn't like is that she was so kind to her bitchy cousin. Yes. Who I just thought was a complete cunt. And I thought, I can't believe she's just taking this from this. I know. This, And she's always like, oh, (sighs) my cousin's so beautiful and perfect. She's so nice. And she never lost that throughout, even when the cousin over and over and over demonstrated that she was an asshole. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Why was that never resolved? Yeah, never resolved. She married better, sort of. What? Right. But. What I I fully expected to happen was for Rafe to ask Natalia to to marry him <laughs> out of like because that's what I have to do. I thought it was gonna be like a Princess and the Frog kind of moment, and she's like, "No, you love my cousin. My cousin loves you. We, I I can't in good like." Good conscience, do this. I think that would be, be a him. great redemption for Natalia. No. Yeah, but she was so self-centered and egotistic. Yeah. She never even realized that the man who was courting yeah. her was in love with her cousin. Yeah, yeah. that's Lisa Kleypas's fault. She missed a great... You two would have wrote that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you don't, get, but... you don't get Rafe's commitment to the... You know, the little people that way. Rafe's commitment true. to the fact that he was going to be disinherited. Right. So she she chose to make Rafe 
the, the hero, not Natalie. That's yeah. All right, good point. That's if there can enough. be only one, and the one has <laughs> to be the hero. <laughs> if Megan doesn't even know what she just did, no. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> what did you just do? I did the Highlander thing. Yay! Oh, good. nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that socially dumb. Okay, good. This time. <laughs> I thought you just stumbled into something great. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, what do we think of Rafe? I thought I liked him, and then Megan convinced me that I don't. Oh. Well, see, no, see, I thought I hated him, and then he ended up being okay because of the library scene. Oh, he is pretty sexy. But well, my my yeah. picture Henry Cavill, and then you you always picture Henry Cavill. <laughs> Megan too. It's not just me. It's it's not just me and Megan. It's about another three billion women on the planet. Well, Megan. You know what Henry it is Cavill about second. Henry Cavill is Henry Cavill is like he has a pretty face, but it's not you know femininely pretty it's like a real true masculine it is a beauty. masculine it is masculine beauty yeah there's so and, many well, men who are out there who are who are considered to be you know very good looking very handsome like um oh goodness now i've forgotten his name from um the the irish man the irish actor from uh, peaky blinders um, oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. He has a very feminine face. Yeah, yeah, very he does. Looking yeah. Up. yeah. Tom Hiddleston, that's another one that's like a feminine. Yeah. That. Eh. But. Yeah. You know. He's, me and yeah. Henry Cavill, we're just in a different. Henry different Cavill, category. like his his body is like he's big and burly and strong, mm-hmm. but not over-the-top strong, and his traps aren't big, so he still looks right. really good in a suit, yep. and that translates well into different time periods. Mm, and this. I think, and I think he's also, he has a seriousness that other actors his age don't have. And I think that's what really makes me cast Henry Cavill in everything where there's a serious guy. Because he's not, like, I feel like everyone else, there's Henry Cavill, and everyone else is a frat boy. Yeah, yeah. Or, or And he could very well be a frat boy, but, it, you know, the, what he shows, his public face is definitely not that. I don't yeah. think he is. From I don't think he that... is either. I think he's very sincere. I think he's very, like, geeky. Like, he, I know, like, his Witcher like there's all these memes and there's all this information about him like fixing the script of The Witcher because it's not like correct according to the source material. He's always according like to rewriting the video his game. lines to be more right, right. You know, whatever. <laughs> he's uh, he's always like correcting his lines and he's like no in the book he's like this and like I think that's uh, and the fact that his dog and he likes like the chiefs because. Of his because role in Superman. Yeah. I think he's, I don't know, for something, that he he seems like very genuinely earnest and sweet, but still a serious person. Not right. not just a, I'm going to joke around all the time. And I feel like everyone else just like, I don't know. 
they don't translate well into the serious roles to me. I agree. So that's why that's why it's always Henry Cavill. Well, and circling back to use a corporate phrase uh, to Rafe, <laughs> my note on him was I thought the Bowman boys sucked. And that's why Matthew Swift was a big deal in the last book. But Rafe seems uh, pretty competent and pretty cool. I think he sucks. Well, I think we got the Bowman boys sucked because um, their father was so hard, right? So yeah. no one could ever measure up. Um, but also because Rafe is a rake, which um, the other guy was not. The honorary but Bowman. Rafe, yeah. Uh, but either way, I don't care about that. <laughs> like... I love Matthew Swift. He's my favorite of all yeah. the wallflower dudes. He is wonderful. Yeah. But I mean, I think Rafe came in second, tied with second with Simon. Yeah. For me, because he's self-made. Yeah. I mean, he probably used his his name probably got him pretty far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean. I, I agree. He's good. I, I feel I feel like she accomplished a lot in a very short book. Yes, that's true. I I was surprised how much I liked this one. I thought, all right, this is the dumb, like, you know, throw away one. I'll just read it real quick or not even read it. I'll just skim it. And I found myself like I couldn't wait to finish it. I couldn't wait to read that night. It took me two nights to read, and um, I couldn't wait up, to read it the next night. You ended up passing me. I had quite a bit of lead on you. I and know. You, pa- you you finished before me. I know. I had like I stayed up. I couldn't sleep that night, so that didn't help. Um, but I just st- I stayed up and I had to finish it at the point. Yeah. Because I got to the library and I was like, I have to know how it ends. And yeah, I I, uh, I finished it in a week, which is fast for me for a Claypus book. Even yeah. though it's a short book. And uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. Um, she did accomplish a lot with, with Rafe. I didn't like him at first. I didn't think he was going to be. I, I think the reason why I could. Uh, I got a better sense of what. Where she was going and what Clefus was doing and. The whole writingness, it was like, okay, I don't really like anything about this, but I can tell that it works. So let me use this to study. So I feel like I wasn't emotionally invested because as soon as he kissed her, I was like, oh, no, I'm out. Like I can't deal with this. Like, I don't like a rake. No. <laughs> the guy should be a monk until he finds the one. And <laughs> Okay. I don't, I don't, the rakes are difficult. The rakes are difficult. Um, I, I just, I just picture them with everyone from their past. Right. And it's like, they, they're so blase about it. That's what bothers Mm -hmm. me. They're like, um, at one point, I think he says in this book, oh, um, you know, the, the, the number of women in and out of my bed, it's like sheeps during shearing season. I don't right. believe him. Like, I think he's talking shit. I don't, I don't know. believe him. 
think he, I, I think he's playing this part like to get under her skin. I don't believe him. I think he's definitely amplifying it to get mm-hmm. under her skin, but I don't know. But yeah, the images are just bad. Sheep shearing season. I mean, we've watched <laughs> the Amish shear those sheep. And there was only there was only four sheep in there, and that's a fine number. <laughs> well, I just feel like I, I I don't know if I could ever trust a man that yeah. was like this. Yeah, and, I, and it's it's so it's not the number that's disgusting. It's yeah. that it's that it's the the behavior is disgusting. Right. It's the fact that women are nothing to him. Right. His behavior and how he's uh, talking about it or the behavior that of the actual doing both. Assuming that he is saying this accurately, like if he is representing his past as accurately, it's basically he's used all these women as a fleshlight. And now we're supposed (laughs) to take him seriously. (laughs) Or what's his name? Yeah. From Eastbound and Down. Uh, I don't Kenny know. Kenny Powers, his, his cum caves. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just like, and I, it's not even like, oh, I think men should be treating, you know, women better and not thinking, you know, I, I, I'm grown up enough and sure enough to know that sometimes, you know, people just take their needs out on one another and then yeah. there it is. But, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's so gross to me that someone who that's stuck in that phase for such a long period in their life, (laughs) you know, it doesn't, it does nothing um, for me. It's not as if the man keeps falling in love with different women, right. Right. Or, or, you know, like it's, it's one woman for, I mean, the man could be what, you know, 30 and be sleeping with women since he was 20 and, and Mm. they're, you know, more than that, less than like earlier than that. Well, earlier than that, yes. But I'm just saying at the at the you know, the shortest amount of time. And if you were taking, you know, one woman, you know, every four months, that's that's still that's... a lot of ladies, but it's different than, you know, like, you know, five a week, six a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I I don't know. It's just it's the rake. I don't know why people find that attractive. I think men can be sexually powerful without having slept with a ton of women or any women. Men can still be very sexually powerful. If we reverse a little bit, once every four months is acceptable. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like you know, oh, I meet somebody. I think I'm gonna be with, you know, I really like them. I think I'm gonna, yeah. you know, oh, it didn't work out. Oh well, you know, that's I've like, been, yeah, that's you know, a relationship like, developing. It's relationship. Yeah, okay. It's more yeah. relational than it yeah. is, you know, something else. It's I not. I was gonna say, damn, that's. I don't think bad. it's acceptable. <laughs> I'm just saying, let, let's just say, you know, I, I, but that's not what the man was doing, according to the book. And no. all these books, the rakes are just filling up their bed and and again i think that man can have great sexual import and be you know his sexuality can be magnified without being uh, a slut yeah yeah um Jeez, and i five think five or six five or six a week that's well and i think that's what <laughs> sebastian would or uh, well i just yeah. i just think of kramer when he said he faked it he's like yeah i just want to get some sleep Right. 
Um, and I think uh, I, I I think the beauty of the rake lies in the reform. It's like there is like it's like their right. whole sexual lives. They've been searching for this one great. <laughs> oh man! Can't. What'd you say? I'm thinking of Harry when he falls in the hole. Is it Harry? Harry? From, from Marv? Uh, from Home Alone? Marv. <laughs> in the second one? Yes. Wow, what a hole. <laughs> They're looking for that person. <laughs> You're going to have to They're elaborate that for... one. Wait a second. What? No, I think we, I think we get it. I think we I get it. I don't get it. What a like, hole? Yeah. Like they're looking for that one perfect, angelic, holy hole to fill. Oh, right. okay. That will like the, the vagina to end all. <laughs> See, break right. If it's, <laughs> it's the Mary of vaginas. Yes. And there is no such thing. And it's usually, you know, it's a virginal woman. Like, God forbid the woman be just as that's, much of a and rake. And that's what I don't understand either. The whole, and, and but that it's with all the rakes. Oh, she was so innocent and sweet mm-hmm. and pure. And it was such a turn on that she was so clumsy and and weird and like in pain and bleeding. And, and, and I, said something back to me. Like, right. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but I, it, it it's. It's like inundation from porn, right? Which is a hot topic today, right? You know, I don't think that one can be inundated with sexual partners and then all of a sudden find solace in a in a virgin and that's it forever. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's an immature way of behaving. And I don't think just meeting a virgin can change it. I think you have to undergo other sort of transformation. Yeah. Which is why I liked the St. Vincent character because his transformation yeah. was was physical, right? And yes. and and also um circumstantial, like his his circumstances had to change. He had to step up to a plate in many different ways, and then the man had to go undergo like physical complications with the yes. shooting and, you know, and that I could buy that story, the rake that just meets his hole. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't think we're given enough time that Hannah develops. She's a cool person. She has a great personality. But to reform a rake and to for him to go all in on just just somebody who reads aloud to children. Oh, <laughs> see, God, that again, that grosses me out too. I, I think that I think that's. Okay, it's okay if it would if she had something more. Maybe I don't know. I I I think it's I just find it gross when a man sees a woman with a baby and goes, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that is my hole for life." Yes. Like I just it's that's so. When you say it like that, <laughs> what? that's what he's thinking, is it not? Is he's it, a rake. Of course, he still thinks that, that way. His head. Yeah. In his head. Um. 
you know, and then that whole scene with the children and their mouths were sticky with milk and cookies and <laughs> they were crawling all over her with the peppermints and the and I'm like, these dirty ass fucking children. <laughs> Disgusting. Get off me. You wash yourselves. Like that's <laughs> you, their child. You <laughs> Run may, around and you, milk and cookies. You may not want Hank in your house then, because like his idea of washing his hands is going to wipe it on the couch. <laughs> you're not, you don't let that happen. You're but not, he tries it. He does. With, like, the, it's like when people put up like pictures of their children eating their first like piece of birthday cake, and the, yeah. the cake's like all over their face and their hands and their torso. I'm just yeah. like. That's that's fucking gross. And you let that go on for far too long. <laughs> I don't think Hank ever did that. He never really likes being dirty. I gave oh, him a because you guys are normal with. parents. No, we're not normal. I made him have manners to the like, he started eating with a fork. That's what I mean by nor- you're my normal. You're not, <laughs> not the world's you're my normal. I mean, that's appropriate to me. Like. If I had a child, I would not be like dipping it in cake and then like, you know, posting pictures. Dipping the child in cake. Well, that's what it looks like to me. But that's what I thought about the scene with these children dipped in their milk and cookies, crawling all over this woman. And the guy comes in. Henry Cavill enters the room and he's like, oh, yeah. Like, my dick is so fucking hard looking at this. Yes. That I, was, I was, get I get he that was he can out. get like yeah. I get that he can have like you know his heart is like thumping or like his he feels like you know maybe he doesn't understand what sweetness is and he's feeling a sense of sweetness for the first right, time. Right. Or he different. can like like you know imagine her as the mother and those kids are hers. But like then to yeah, it's like the fact that your dick is getting hard watching that. <laughs> That's weird. It's, it's it's a hard scene for me to take in. And mm-hmm. then he's like, oh, isn't she adorable? Ugh. Now everything's going on all at <laughs> once. One scene. Yuck. <laughs> I, I did not like. I don't like that there has to be the insertion of children in many of these stories. And it's not because I'm childless. Or, or maybe it is. Maybe that's why I'm adamant. But I, I just find the insertion of children because it's always, again, then the woman, the ideal woman becomes a mother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about women who aren't mothers? Maybe, uh, yeah, it does speak to me, you know? Are we yeah, not? I really children? hate epilogues we... where they're pregnant. Right. And I hate that all that, like, yeah, I don't like that. That is not that having a baby just is not the, you know, the final step in a romance. I, yeah, I really hate that. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it bothers me because they appear in many of these it, ancillary, like nephews and nieces running around or the children dipped in milk and cookies, you mm-hmm. know, whoever they belonged. Um, and to be honest, in that time period, those children wouldn't be awake and they wouldn't even be near the adults. Yeah, they, I was the third floor nursery yeah. with two governesses. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, isn't that what Hannah is, basically? No, she's a companion. Well, I mean, Rafe says, are you, though? A companion <laughs> is quite I do like when he office. says that. Yes, I do, too. Well, so, and that's why my whole point 
when I told Megs like she should just marry him, move back to New York, and all this like title bullshit is gone. You are yeah. Make make of yourself what you want. Correct. You come to the greatest country that's ever been. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So notable side characters. I'm gonna say we we saw a lot more of Thomas Bowman than we ever have. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I said that is because I remember his name is Thomas, and I couldn't remember in any other book what his name couldn't. was. You this couldn't. one I do. <laughs> yeah. And I di- I took a note on that, and I said Rafe's constant pursuit of his father's approval is sad, and I'm exhausted for him. <laughs> Thomas wants to Thomas wants to give it, but is afraid that if he does. Rafe and the other kids, for that matter, will take their foot off the gas, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. That's what he's afraid of. Yep. As and a parent, prob- I understand and, that. And Thomas, I guarantee, didn't have a good role model for that. Yeah. So that's what he thinks you have to do. He wants to tell Rafe, I'm proud of you, of what you've done. But he's scared to. To show yes. any emotion. Yes. I yeah. so, so I do I do agree that he's a notable he's a great character. He's very round because of that. We we only yes. get him in tiny increments and we we feel like this like tug and we see him making what what he thinks is the right decisions and, and the again, world is again, different chooses then. It is different, but but he went too far with his sons. I agree with every when he was um when he was talking about Daisy in the last book, like I yeah how she's a parasite. Yeah, I I totally agreed with him. Oh, I did too. She was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, we're gonna get to that bitch Lily in a a moment. (laughs) (laughs) I totally I, I agree. Like okay, now your son is grown. You can you can ease up now. You can you can be his friend now. Yes. Yeah. You can you you can you can you can spare the rod now. He's a grown man. But you know he you know he was a rake, and surely his parents. I mean, obviously knew of this too, and that's that's not a very mature kind of behavior, you know. Like but you. at this point, he, you know, he's worked on Wall Street. He's been kicking ass in the stock market. Let's, you know, give him the credit he deserves at this point. And talk to him man to man, not father to son. Like, dude, stop sleeping around. Just just pick one and move, settle down. It's time. Mm-hmm. And I, well, Ray, Ray would have Senior taken that. Mistress, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Did he, though? I said I that kept, he did. Yeah, I he did. They they mentioned that. Rafe did say that. Yeah, that he had a mistress of his own. So, I guess okay, I'm putting I myself. Thought, um, I thought they just had an unhappy marriage and they just dealt with it. No, he no, had he has mistresses. Okay. I'm putting myself in Thomas Bowman's shoes, where I wouldn't have mistresses, because why right. would I need to? Because <laughs> of what you. <laughs> That woman he's married to is horrifying, though. Well, yeah. if Megan is my wife, why would oh, I need Megan. to? Oh, yeah, you wouldn't. 
So I'm putting myself in Thomas Bowman's shoes. Like, dude, let's man to man. Stop doing what you're doing. Pick one. It's time. Settle down. Mm-hmm. I, that, here you go. There's my my advice to another guy. Okay. Stop sleeping around. You've you've done that enough. You've conquered your your professional career. Mm-hmm. Step up to the plate now, as Patriot said earlier. Settle down. It's time. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Rather than, you must marry, here's this wife I picked for you, marry her now. Right. Yeah. It's it's these superficial arguments and these superficial um, things that are set up for, you know, these characters that I find difficult sometimes. Yeah. Because, because they so could so easily be resolved in a different way or, or just with yeah. a few other words or if, if a, a behavior did this. And I I just wish they were just a tiny bit more complex. Um, and that would let me know, you know, why they did these things. Now, I, you know, I love Clapis. You mm-hmm. really do. And I, I do believe she she has a few very complicated characters. But at the end of this book, in, in her notes to the reader, I don't know if you read this. I think we all I started an edition. To. I, didn't, I didn't read it. Yeah, it's just a little brief author's note. She's like, I spend so much time writing these very elaborate and elongated backstories for all of my characters. And I'm thinking, what the shit? The only thing I know about Wraith is what he looks like and that he's fucked lots of women. That that is all I know. I know nothing more, nothing less than that. It's an elaborate backstory. You know? And I know you're supposed to keep the backstory in your notes, but, but it should come out somehow. Right. <laughs> Going back to Hannah reading the books, reading to the kids. Yeah. One of my notes, I I liked Rach, wa- Rafe watching Hannah read the Christmas uh, Carol to the kids because it's my it's my favorite story. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only. I, I love the idea. Because my of favorite it. story got into the book. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was sad that it wasn't in it more. Like they didn't. Um, like structure it more. I was just going to say to structure it around the Christmas Carol, right? Yeah. Wouldn't have that been amazing? Yes. Maybe because we, need to, story, we need to write that romance. Yeah. The two of Do, us. Hey, there you yeah. go. That's yeah. a collab right there. All right. So, notable side character and what didn't work for me. Not that it didn't work, but it made me mad. <laughs> I said Lillian wins the gold medal in the broad jumping to conclusions event when she <laughs> sees Westcliff talking to another human at a party that happens to be an attractive woman. Although it is Westcliff, he's probably getting ready to Bill Cosby her. That's what I said. Stop it. She got herself drunk. He had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> now who's broad jumping to conclusion? <laughs> I put that one in there for you, Pedro. Thank you. It worked. <laughs> but <totally> yeah. Worked. <laughs> the whole time I was like, he's not trying to sleep with her. There's something else going on, and Leon's stupid. But Megan didn't agree with me. No, I I I don't agree either. I would have been pissed. Yeah. (laughs) 
But Cody, and then you think you think everything is solved with, oh, but he was really buying her a horse. No, that doesn't no, no, solve it. No, that's just yeah, that's just the start of it. That's like <sighs> fine this time, but right. Like well, you spend that. See, they, okay, yeah, he got away with it that time. <laughs> that time. But you, if you start <laughs> developing a relationship with a woman and you're going to see her all the time, you have a correspondence, you flirt with her every chance you get. Like, because he's trying to get the price down. <laughs> well, what's it going to lead? Like, once he buys that horse. Like they, then they, he stopped talking to her. He go? got his horse. He's done. No, where does that it's friendship over. go? Nowhere. They obviously, it get goes along nowhere. Really well. It goes no. nowhere. He got his horse, and he knows he just needs to sweet talk a little bit to get the next horse, and he'll get the price down. Mm-hmm. I don't what, think it's a jump to conclusions. I think no, he made it. I do. The reason that I don't think it's a jump jump to conclusions is because we have to consider the time period and then the morality code that was in place. And they never should have been speaking alone together. Yes. And they never should have been speaking in public without her companion or escort with her. Well, and she on my face, she would not be corresponding with him. She would be corresponding through um, an estate manager who would arrange the sale of all of this. She would not be corresponding directly with him. So if it were 1845 and my man was receiving letters from a countess and, you know, seeing her in darkened stairwells and speaking to her without a companion in public, I would most certainly come to the same conclusion. I fully expect the picture to be on my side in this one. So let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) No. And, yes. and I what did we talk about? I blame the countess. Opposites attract to a point. And then you realize, oh, God, this woman is really annoying. It was cute before, and now it's irking my nerves. That's and if, I just want to be with my own people. That's I, if that's you're... That's the trouble. Mm-mm. That's if... You're right. You're right. That's if your opposites are on the superficial level. Not on That's like value level. You yeah. and I are not opposites on value levels. We're opposites right. on superficial levels. Yeah, we're That's opposite on everything. Not values. That's 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 taking into account that you know the dukedom versus Americanness is a superficial thing, which it's not. What like the way you were raised <laughs> as a as a. a, a He's an earl, right? Not a duke. The way you were raised as an earl is very different from being the granddaughter of a washerwoman in America. That's not very superficial. Mm -mm. No, no. What I mean, like, what we're into, superficial. I'm not talking about us. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on. All right. So what worked? <laughs> I think we talked about what worked, right? Uh, the, there is a scene that I love as a scene, like a standalone scene, and that's what worked for me. So I'm gonna. I bet you sit. we have the same one. Let's see what it is. Okay. You no, you go. Oh, okay. It's the scene where they walk. They're walking in the garden, 
and she tells him about her Mr. Her Mr. Clark, Dr. Clark, Mr. Clark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Clark. I think it's a just a great it's it's not, you know, like the sexy scene that's in the library. It's not, you know, it's just the two of them talking. Yeah. And I feel like it's very hard for that not to drag and it doesn't drag. And I really loved um you know, like the the back and forth between them. It's not, you know, the witty rapport like Petra hates so much. But but it has wit. It it's, does. In it's, its normalcy, it, it has wit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a really, it's like a quiet beat where they're both getting away from this the chaos that is Lillian Bowman's household. And they're just walking together outside at Christmas time. So it's cold. And they're they're just talking like like real people. And and she's talking about she's telling him about Mr. Clark. And um, she's like, well, I, you know, I don't know if he has ever come on to me, but he did uh, feel my. And he's like, yeah, my brain. <laughs> right, right. <The> cranium, <laughs> my cranium. And well, I thought it was. And, and then he describes sort of what phrenology is. And I found that to be very natural because obviously, like you write the word phrenology into, uh, you know, a historical and people are going to be like, what? And you have to find a way to explain what that is right. in a way that the characters would actually explain what it is. Right. So I like that he's like, yeah, yeah, it's when, you know, it's the study of the brain, brain or cranial depressions or whatever. And so he's dismissing it while explaining it. And I thought that was great that he did two yeah, services. Yeah, she's ingenious like that. Yeah. She's ingenious like that. And I admire that very much. I should have been here with, I have a phrenology head in my curiosity. Oh, I should have brought that out for the discussion. Yeah. (laughs) Well, guess what? What? What worked for me? Yeah. Was not that. Oh, (laughs) well, and I also like that he's, um, he, he's talking about his father and how awful he is. And then he, but I think the thing I most, um, like it's all tied together at the end because she's talking about how Mr. Clark discovered she's this and this and this. And there are these three things that she actually is. And she has criminal tendencies. Yes, I love then, the criminal tendencies. <laughs> and then he's uh, he says later on, admit it, Hannah, I appeal to your criminal. Yes, tendencies. yes. So that once, was such a great line. Once, um, I love that. Like that whole line was like the whole line of um, like dialogue was dropped, and then he brings it back up for like yep. one last thing. And I just thought that was an expertly crafted scene. Yes, I thought so too. It, it was yes, and to end with that that last line of his was just it was ingenious of her. Yeah. So, so what was your favorite scene? <laughs> I said when Hannah tells her cousin to choose the man who will love her for her and not what he can get out of it. Yeah. I said, duh, bitch, open your stupid eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's your favorite scene that worked for you? No, I just wrote that as a note and I figured I'd slip it in that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, that does not tie in with our plot. No. <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, 
I liked, I like, no, I, I like the walking around any time where he was just being a guy, like a, yes. a human was, was very nice. And, you know, reading through her dialogue sometimes just makes me feel so inadequate as a writer. <laughs> yes. So, I can't same. wait to read your book. I really can't because it's Megan brilliant. says this the stuff too. <laughs> Megan says this stuff too. And she's like, oh, she's a better. It's like, no, you're just as good. No, Megan's you're, you're expert. You have a, I don't know. You're, you're, you have a very canny way of observing a situation, Megan. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I have to apologize for not yet reviewing your latest. Oh, um, it's, but a- it, it, it will, it will happen. I've started it. I can't wait to write my blurb for Petra's book. Yeah. <laughs> Her book is like serious, though. You're not going to be able to, you know. Make oh, yes, I'll be it. able yeah, to. You can. There's, I mean, I put in yes, a I'll lot of to. humor, a lot of okay. humor. Um, well, what I hope people find funny, I don't know. It's either going to be humor or people are going to be like, Jesus Christ. Like this. Well, isn't, this that's really like every time I put out a book. <laughs> intense. <laughs> Um, I am. I what I was working on today was a scene involving a ship's captain who I've modeled on Quint from Jaws. Oh. And I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, see, like <laughs> I could be more excited. I, I love know it. Jonathan's gonna love your book. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. So I wanted to include a lot of man stuff, but that's kind of how I was raised amongst men. How many brothers men. do you have? I only have two brothers, but my extended family's male and my dad and I spent a lot of time with my father when I was a child and um, my father was alcoholic. And so we would often go to bars and mm. meet his friends. So I would sit amongst men for hours at a time, just listening to them talk just, and it was not weird. It wasn't gross. No one was getting wasted. Right. Um, I was just listening to men. I've spent the majority of my life, listening to men speak and not in a bad way, not in a me too yeah. kind of way. Um, so I, I, I often find like, yeah, I'm drawn to like Quint from Jaws. I'm drawn to that, that, you know, that sort of male, um, some of the things that, that men seem to like and women are just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I went, I spent a lot of time at bars when I was a kid too. Because my grandfather was um, a vet, and he went to the all of the American the American oh, Legion yes. and Amvets and I've Elks, been, and he was a yep. joiner. So he went to all the bars of all the things. Yep, yep. And I used to go there when I would spend uh, summers with him. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of listening. I did a lot of playing pool and playing Patsy Cline on the the jukebox. Oh, Patsy Cline, nice. I love Patsy Cline. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would just, um, I would listen and drink cherry Coke, like homemade cherry Cokes, you know, mm-hmm. with the syrup and the Coke yeah. and mm-hmm. the syrup and the cherry in it. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, what was I going to say? Something uh, about men. So, so speaking about men, I do want to discuss the library scene. Oh, Yeah. Because I know, Petra, you have a thing about, you know, men leaving leaving a sex scene with blue balls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was, when I was reading this, I was These like... These poor men never come. 
I just, she's like, what the, where are these men that never want to come? Like that are just like, no, I'll, you know, I just want you to come a thousand times and I'll just walk away with this heart on that I'll never leave. And I think in this, I loved, this is the part where I think that it works because he is so tortured and he's realized he can't marry her as he's doing this. But he realized, like, he can't not get her off after he's gotten her this wet. And so, and then he can't even fix her clothes. And he can't no. talk about it. It's just like he goes to button her or, like, you know. Isn't she bare-breasted at this point, too? Yeah, yeah. She's, like, totally yeah. naked. Yeah. And she, yeah, she goes to do up her corset. And he says, can't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. Like he couldn't even get out the words. He's just he can't. Like he is feeling. At that point, just do know. the deed, right? But what? you know. At, at that, that point, he just. What's he? What's he gonna do then? Is he gonna marry her and go back to New York and live like Americans in but the greatest country ever created? He's trying to be stoic. He can't marry her. He's realized that what's he going to do? Like, you know, make, make her, you know, blow him. Cause that would be disrespectful. At no, this point. have sex with her. But, oh. he, but then she'd be ruined. Then she'd be ruined. That's why I keep saying, <laughs> marry her, come back to United States. But at that and point, do whatever he, you want. He didn't really recognize. I think it was at that point he fell in love with her too. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't recognize, you know, the extent of his feelings and he didn't recognize that um that he couldn't marry the other or that yeah. she even wanted to be with him. You mm-hmm. know, he did consider her choice in all of this. Yeah, because I she think was at that she point, was though, never it's pretty honest obvious. with him. She's naked in a room with him. Yeah, but you can be naked in a room with a man and not want to marry him. That's true. Like yeah. he can, you know, and he knows he's good at turning women on. Yeah. Well, th- right. there, there's this other crazy thing where she could also go to America and not marry him and still do whatever she wants. That's a mm-hmm. huge thing. But she doesn't have any light. Like, where is she going to live? With I what money? Know. Well, right. You, you can just write it because it's is- a book. No, no, right. all I'm saying is the easiest, <laughs> the easiest way to solve all of these problems is for him not to come. That is. It yeah. is. So that- but, but here's the problem I have with that scene then. It's not yeah. him not coming. In, yeah. in this, right, I get why it doesn't happen there. I get why he, the, it can't, the act cannot be completed. But when he walks away, she's just like, oh, okay. And then I didn't see him for a few days, but he was with, you know, this Natalie the entire time like we, yeah. and I'm just thinking in my head what virgin what completely inexperienced woman is not like what the fuck just happened I don't know and and Plus the whole I'm like so oxytocin, right like oxytocin I'm, has been kicking in because she had an orgasm as gasm with this guy she's got to feel an emotional connection that's more than that right and she could, that's completely ignored. And she's just yes. like, oh, but it's, I felt so happy for my cousin that he was being, and I'm like, no, that, that is not logical. And it's not logical that, uh, uh, that as a virgin and a completely inexperienced woman, a grown man is just like, can't. 
and and walks away <laughs> and you know exactly why he did it and what that means. True. I All would true. and I would as a woman who is not, you know, I'm not a female rake, but I am not completely inexperienced, I would I would still have a very hard time with that. Yes, that I would too. Sexual scenario and I would feel very vulnerable and and very upset because I wouldn't understand why the man did what he did. Yeah. And that bothers me that there's never any, okay, I just, it's wonderful. And now he's, Oh, isn't that lovely how he's going to marry this other person? It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work. Okay. You know what? That doesn't work for me. And I, I just put that on me. Like, I would be acting like a crazy woman oh, doing sure. everything I can to destroy my cousin. And, <laughs> and then I read this book and I'm like, oh, it's just me then. I'm no. just a terrible person. No, no, because I would be very angry. I would be jealous and I would be envious. Yeah. I would be feeling vulnerable. Yeah. My, I think my emotions would be riding high and low. Um, I would wonder why he hasn't come to talk to me, why I haven't received a message, why he hasn't, you know, what's wrong. And then I would, I would take all of that as, as women are want to do. And as I am want to do and turn that in on myself and say, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, did he see something he didn't like when I was yeah. unclosed? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I not, you know, like I would, that, that, that would all be, you know, it's all that, that shit that starts worming into our brain mm-hmm. when we're feeling completely vulnerable mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, that up. That's, that's a point that I have in a lot of stories where I read something and I just feel like really terrible about myself because I would have reacted so differently. And these women are always like, just cool with it. Right. They're so blasé. Like, mm, well, he made me come. Now he's going to marry my cousin. Like, yeah, I don't buy it. I just yeah. it, I don't buy it. I don't I don't think that's how women operate. I think some women are better at compartmentalizing those emotions. Yeah, um, I know that I am not. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, and me too. When I'm and, you know, Megan, we've had a d- d- discussion, you know, where this very same thing happened and and I was a complete wreck. Well, not very same, but where I felt emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. and I was a complete wreck about it. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm not a young woman anymore. So I just think that the women would react differently. Yeah. Good. I want them to react differently. Yeah, I didn't like that. Seeing that vulnerability in characters, in both the men and the women, too. Again, mm-hmm. like Jonathan was saying, he was worried that you wouldn't, that that you weren't, he trusted you, but he was still worried that about saying I love you, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I think characters are able to say these things so easily, and and I think we have to take in men's emotional vulnerability into consideration much more mm-hmm. so well yeah and that's a that's a whole thing going on and i'm, I'm glad that more people are talking about that because i saw it on Insta- like an instagram reel it's it was men who's like who do you talk to when like you're feeling these things like uh i'm a man nobody nobody cares 
Put it in your what? muscles. Yeah, put it into your muscles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord, that's terrible. So, that's but terrible. I mean, those jokes are like for a reason to right. So we can get past this, and everyone is on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Favorite characters. Saint Clair. Saint Clair. Yeah. Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. Sorry. Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent's your favorite in this book. Well, he's always my favorite. (laughs) I like him. Yeah, he might be my favorite in this book too. Matthew because I like what he did with the pearls. I do too. He just shows up with jewelry and then he adorns oh her naked God. body and he's like, all I right, know. Let's, let's fuck with these. Pre-. And I'm like, all right, I'm there. Give yep. me the diamonds and the rubies and the pearls and then make love to me. Yeah. It's I love so that he's like, my dad, uh, my dad will probably be, he'll probably be fine, but whatever. I stole the family jewels. Right. <laughs> We're going to use them in our sex play. Yes. I I love him for that. Yep. No one else is that. Yeah, no one else is that playful. Yeah. The other men are just like, let's have sex. Mm, you know, like, <laughs> but he's, he like makes it into this really wonderful playtime. Yeah. And I love it. Like, it should be that. It should be playful and fun and stupid and wild, you know, not. Like trapeze artists and you know circus clowns, <laughs> wild, but you know, uh, and everyone else is like, not not serious, but they're it's just they're so stoic about it. Yeah, I don't mind stoicism personally, but I think it's it's just it's a great sign that he's still who he is yes. sexually. But what that now looks like in a monogamous relationship. Yes, exactly. He is. And that is why he is the best reformed rake. Yes. She full. And I think she fully. I I don't know what. What kind of experience with what kind of wonderful man she had to write him. But I tell you, (laughs) like he is fully expressed that one in ways that none of her other male characters are. Yeah. So, yeah, Matthew he's my favorite. my favorite. What? Matthew Swiss, my favorite. <laughs> so he was he was in here making an appearance. <laughs> uh, well, I I didn't I didn't think too much about St. Vincent and all the things that you liked about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would I? Right. I know. I know. Or, I mean, unless if I mean, who would be my favorite of the girls? I don't even know. Annabelle, at least she's honest about her drinking habit. Annabelle, and she's right. like the most voluptuous one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if Annabelle showed up, like, here's a new barbell. It's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> a that would be. That would be like, what is? Or here's here's a seventy-two inch TV. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> that's fantastic that's fantastic but you know she's most like she's most like your wife so annabelle yeah yeah 
I guess I, I always pictured Evie because well, it's just the, the it's the red hair. Red hair. The but red no, hair. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm probably more like Annabelle. I'm not. Yeah. I, would, I would never allow myself to be put in the position that she was put in by her family. That is correct. So that I'm not. Ooh, I've never Evie? been like a timid little mouse. No. No, I just the just the red hair. I guess that's his. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a combo. Evie's red hair and everything else, Annabelle. Yeah. I don't know who would I be of the men. You'd be an American, so that really narrows it down to... I think you're more like Rafe than Matthew Swift. Really? Not that, I mean, not that you're a rake, but I, personality-wise. <laughs> yeah. I thought more Simon Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. He was he's a good one too. All right, the book boner level, one through five, one being eh, five being super duper hot. What do you put this one at? Three. Three. Pedro. Mm-hmm. I I overall like a three. Yeah, but the the their first scene um together in the in you know whenever he was he gave her a few kisses like before the library and then that yeah. library scene that build up i thought was a five but after that yeah. it disappeared entirely i like that she you know she's like we're we're doing sex now yeah and she they mm-hmm. they went out to the cottage and I, okay so i do like when matthew swift comes to the door to oh yeah fetch them Yes, that and was that was funny. They opened the door and he's like, marry her fast because everyone's talking. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I like that one. See, and that's why I would put myself as a Matthew Swift, because that's exactly what I would have told him. Well, then you are more like Matthew Swift. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah, Rafe is from New York. Matthew's from Boston. I don't think it matters. But he I'm lives from, for most a majority of his life now in New York. Who? Mm-hmm. Matthew? Matthew, yeah. So. Yeah. So it's all New York. The, I mean, the, the best city in the world. Okay. <laughs> Petra, if you were to cast yourself as a character, who would you be? I see you as Lillian, but if Lillian... No, no, she's not. Lillian's the worst. No, no, no. I know she's the worst, but Pedro would be the worst as Lillian. Maybe just a female um, St. Vincent without the the whore part. Without the whore part. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's the sportiness. Yeah. It's the sportiness. Of like he's always right. at play. He's just always at play, no matter what yeah. he's doing. And I, I love to laugh. I love to play. And not, yeah. in a, not in a, you know, bad way. You know. Yeah. It just, uh, it just works. He's, he's a very playful nature. So I'll, I'll be the female him, without being a whore. That's good. And I like self-inserting as a man. Not that you're self-inserting in this book, but. As a man. And there's like a whole theory about how romance readers like read and tend to self-insert as the hero rather than the heroine. Right. Well, because 
Yes. Yeah. I get it. And I think that's really interesting. And I know I tend to self-insert as the man most of the time. Really? Yes. But I think part of Me it too. is because <laughs> romance women are just so bland. Yeah. They're not especially, flawed. They don't especially do in the Clapus books. Mm-hmm. It's not just Clapus. Like yeah, especially I, them. I, I agree, but I said especially. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were we were just talking about this and how it's like you know when you when you read romance, you can't have a fully round heroine. You need to write the character that's you know the BFF in a like a a Disney tween show that just yeah. is sexualized. Like you have yep. to, yep. which is gross. Well, I don't mean she, ha- <laughs> she has to have that personality. Right. It's the very bland like, vanilla. Um, yes. Kind, generous, lets the children with the milky faces crawl. Yeah. Over. A little bit quirky, <laughs> a little bit faces. spunky, a little bit sassy. <laughs> See, all of those words are acceptable, but, you know, throw in a real flaw, throw in so, somebody who, like, fucks up the plot, and readers are like, like, oh, no, this book sucks. It's like, no, the book doesn't suck, it's actually just a good character. Right. And you're not used to reading that in romance. Right. You want They want them to be uh, Mavis from uh, Hotel Transylvania? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that series. Um, I, I think also that, you know, what, again, the appeal of romance is that the man is, is just as committed to the, the falling in love as, as the woman, right? Mm -hmm. Um, whether he knows it or not. And so I think it's very easy to, to, um, self-insert as the man who's recognizing that he does have feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the woman that's entirely receptive to romance all of the time. We yeah. rarely we get a few heroines that are not receptive. I just read one and there's just there was no reason for her not to be receptive of it. Yeah, that bothered it, me. And it was a it was a long one. And I'm debating whether or not we should read it because it's really popular right now. Um and it's just it's a it's a very that book has gotta be over a hundred thousand words. And, what is and it? it's I, I don't want to say because could it be a summertime one that have time to do that one? No, no, no. But see, <laughs> but see, it's it's going under a re-edit. Okay. And it's just the heroine, the whole point of the not getting them not getting together is she she doesn't She's just like hemming and hawing the whole time for like 80% of the book. And it's like, that's not a reason that there's no reason that you shouldn't be together. He is, Why is clear this book popular about his, because the sexual TikTok. tension is off the charts. Like it has merit. It's is just, that the TikTok book. Yes. That's why. It has merit. The sexual tension is like it's it is insane. It's insane. And then I stepped back. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh my god. I'm just like flying through this book. But I hate this woman. Like she doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Like she's cute. She's like you know she's spunky. But 
but at the same time, like, why? There's no reason she needs to be putting this off. It is very clear that he's into this. And it was just very, like, her over and over and over again saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's a, there, at some point, there has to be. Like, you can't just drag the audience along so that you can make it a slow burn. That's not... But that's romance. That's contemporary romance as it is today. Like plot is like on the back burner. Characterization is on the back burner. If it exists at all, like nothing is round, just, you know, spunky heroine, witty banter and like some hot sex at some point. Right. Some enemies to lovers. Yes. I I don't understand why people can never meet and be like, wow, I really like it. Oh, I really like her, too. I like him. And then be kind to one another. And there's still tension there. Yeah. There can be. If it's done correctly. It's just, just writing... because you got people like each other doesn't mean they're going to fall into bed immediately. Right. Yeah. I uh, I wrote, um, well, that's Morg. They yeah. both yeah. liked that each is... other. They both fell into bed immediately. <laughs> It can happen. <laughs> yeah, but she but, has uh, and she you needs know, to, it doesn't um, always happen. Yeah, the current they my did, current but, book that I'm writing is enemies to lovers, and it's like, but I'm tr- trying to subvert the expectations. Pedro, you're so it's not lovers is because of a real like a thing that pre-exists the two people. It doesn't start with the two people, right? It's the, it's between the two homes or the the competition between the. Well, it's it's the one home. It's like it's just yeah. one funeral home. There's like there's lots of backstory. Um, it's but I don't know. I think I'm too like sometimes I'm I'm trying to be less subtle of a writer in this book. I'm changing up my writing style because I realize like I'm getting reviews that are like she left all these questions unanswered. And I'm like, no, that was no, that was answered. Like I say very explicitly the answer to what happened with this. Like, oh, but I didn't have the author thinking about it for another 10 pages afterwards. So you're not used to that. It is very. I I think you're dealing with some stupid readers, too. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's a lot of stupids who think they can review a book. Yeah. And it's fine. I just we just need reviews. Like, I can't yep. make money unless I have 100 reviews. So just, you know, trash my book. Just review it. I don't even care. But at the same time, like, I answer everything. And I as hard think. as it is for Megan to write this book, like, I'm getting oh, my this. enemies to lovers? No. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad for me at this point because... <laughs> Like, I get to hear, like, how the book develops, but I can't read it because it's not done. <laughs> so, I'm, like, she, she's explaining to me what's going on. So, I'm I'm reading the book before I get to read the book. Right, right, right. Yeah. But she needs to talk it out through me, so it's fine. No, I just feel like I need to keep you in the loop. Oh! Yikes! No. <laughs> You're... No, you're talking it out through me, and that's okay, and you can keep doing that. That's fine. I haven't talked anything out that isn't already written. Megan, you talked for like two straight hours yesterday in the car. And that was all 20, the first 20%. I know, and that's probably how far you are. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is fine. I don't mind it because when I you can tell me like what happens scene by scene in a movie, I'll watch it and I'll still like be amazed by it. Yeah, I'm the same that's way. because I watched professional wrestling when I was a kid. Like I knew it was fake. It was still amazing. My action figures came to life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, I I'm OK with spoilers and I did not grow yeah, up with professional exactly. wrestling. Well, you should have because um, it was amazing. But yes, I understand. I've read a lot of enemies to lovers and it's like there is no reason for these two people to hate each other. And um, so it's it's pretty clear, like uh, on page one, like she's like she's the one pining after him. And she is like straight up in love from page one. And she just has oh. to act like his enemy so that because he needs to get broken and she knows it. Oh. But he really he like hates her. Like legit hates her. So that's I don't know. I feel like every enemies to lovers like they really just like each other, but they're being like, you know, middle schoolers and pulling each other's hair. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's very juvenile. Very juvenile. Yeah. yeah. Not that some, like, those books aren't fun to read occasionally, but we try to pick the good ones here. Yeah. All right. I think we're done with the uh, Wallflowers Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's a good point to wrap it up. I and, agree. And uh, we will talk to everyone next week for whatever movie we watch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Petra, for being with us. Oh, and, uh, you're very welcome. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone who's listening. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.